0: Now, time to return to my uh, favorite and only topic that I know much about and that is politics. Now, luckily, as I said uh, this morning... uh, you know, it is often uh, stated that all politics is local, but uh, the reality is that any party forms a government based on support across the country. And then at some point, those issues that are relevant to people uh, in other parts of the country are going to find their way into government policy with which we are going to be affected. So it's uh, it's uh, advisable for us to know about the issues as they are affecting people in other parts of Canada as well. And in that uh, uh, respect. We have Sandra Philipp Shipper on the line. Uh, she is a candidate from uh, Vancouver area for People's Party of Canada. Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you, Darshan. Uh, you know, I wanted to get a sense, as I said in the introduction, I wanted to get a sense of certain issues that are uh, commonly applicable across the country, but they affect uh, people in different ways, or at least they are perceived uh, in a different way couple of things that are uh, top of the mind for me, of course, uh, rule of law, as we saw this morning, the ethics commissioner issuing his uh, findings and finding uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in violation of Conflict of Interest Act. So that, that is, is uh, law and order situation. Yeah, and that then, is interesting. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to say the least. I mean, that can be <laughs> classified yes, and as an I have statement. to
1: wonder what is going to come of that.
0: Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm also so kind of uh, entertaining the possibility that the writ may get dropped early because of that. Uh, that could happen. Yeah, it could happen. Another that could happen issue.
1: early, or what do you think? Any chance that he'll resign over this? Uh,
0: no, he's not going to resign. Um, I mean, we I'm have hearing. yeah, we have seen enough indications to see that he's pretty confident of his position. Whether we like that position or not, we have yeah. to acknowledge that he is confident of his position. Another uh, issue that affects uh, all of us is immigration. And that is, uh, you know, talked about from various angles. And here in the Greater Toronto Area, of course, a very major pocket where uh, immigrants tend to settle. The other one being in your area. So I was particularly keen to have the uh, perception that uh, the ordinary people have over there of the levels of immigration and how it impacts on them. What do you say?
1: Um, well, I think uh, from the average man on the street, from what I talk to and people mm-hmm. in our riding, are against um, this kind of open, very porous border um, immigration policies. Mm-hmm. We need to, um, to, uh, to not, not necessarily limit it, but to catch our breath. Immigration in Canada has traditionally come in waves, and we've just experienced a very big wave. So it's not just immigration, it's refugees. And unfortunately, the government has decided to make this into a single body, Mm -hmm. um, rather than separating them into immigrants and refugees. Immigrants and refugees are two separate groups, and the RRCC just exists as one. Two separate groups with different needs. Right. So I think it's a mistake to lump them in together. So in our neighborhood, people do want to catch our breath, slow down, and make sure... that immigration is Mm merit-based, and I think that's okay. We do need to bring in people. There's no question, but we need to bring in people that that can serve Canada's needs. And everyone that isn't that person is a refugee, and they have different needs. Uh, For Mm -hmm. instance, I just read on the StatsCan website that Mm -hmm. 80% Mm -hmm. are, are, are getting public assistance. And that's fine.
2: Mm-hmm. That is
1: fine. They're, they're refugees. They're running from terrible places. They've had to right. pick up their stuff and, and come with almost empty-handed. Right. So I think it behooves us to help these people out. But it is a hard dollar cost. Right. It costs every single one of them, costs us money to, to shelter them, process them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we need to... Make sure they are settled. Mm-hmm. Make sure they are working. Make sure they are participating and enjoying Canadian life. It's great here. The more I travel, the more I see. We are so lucky to have Canada
0: definitely but you know one issue that I have and I have to make my definitions very clear which is there are immigrants then there are refugees who are legally exactly. legally and processed
1: and them and I think that's a big
0: mistake no even beyond that because uh, you know all the people that are pouring across the border without any documents no prior notice wow. of arrival uh, I openly call them illegals I don't call them irregulars now you know what's happening uh, in this part of Canada is uh, very well reported but I was surprised to learn that in something uh, yeah in Quebec and Ontario mm-hmm. that is uh, extensively reported but I was surprised to learn uh, through a couple of reports uh, that came out that uh, something similar although on a smaller scale is also going on in BC where people are going to US on visit visa and just walking across <laughs> <laughs> So uh, d- has this issue registered in uh, your riding
1: No no, it is not. I didn't. I don't know how my, what the numbers are for that. Do you know? Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know if, if this is if this is something we need to be really worried about, or if this is an exceptional situation where it's just a few people doing this.
0: Yeah, I and think a couple of you no.
1: Know, our borders, is, our our borders have been open with the U.S. very easy for many many years, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But the the global. The global situation is changing, so mm-hmm. it's not just a matter of Canada and the U.S. anymore. Many other players are involved.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but exactly. there have been a couple of convictions out in B.C. where uh, people were uh, brought in from uh, China into United States. and That
1: is correct. There that is, is, is correct. <laughs> and so I, I'd be curious to know, and we, we will never know. I mean, the only piece, reason we know this is because people were caught and convicted mm-hmm. because um, some... some person working for the government processing these applications said, "Hmm, there's a, there are a lot of people living in this one place in Calgary and then you know, they did a little more digging. I think it was Calgary and they found oh, this is all false. So these these people were these I mean right they're tantamount to human traffickers if you ask me. They're not enslaving these people, but they're selling false Canadian um Canadian entries uh Canadian passports,
2: mm-hmm.
1: basically a false Canadian citizenship." So um I would wonder how many of the people that they have bought these passports and citizenships, etc., actually knew they were buying falsified documents. Mm-hmm. I would have to question that. Right. So, And, and I also have to question, just because these guys got caught, how many are out there not getting caught?
0: Yeah, it's a logical question. Are we looking at the tip of the iceberg?
1: I, I, I wonder if, if this is it or if we're looking at the tip of the iceberg.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There is always the possibility. Now, you know, one of the uh, unexpected areas from which uh, negative feedback is coming as regards our overall immigration policy Um, regarding international students, I came across an article. This was a few months ago, I think, in the Vancouver Sun about the Indo-Canadian community not being happy with the number of students that were coming from India, international students. Now They're that not was a, happy. Is
1: there too few or too many?
0: Uh, too many. Oh. And uh, secondly, and you know, numbers was only one part of that. The other part was that these people are uh, not willing to integrate with the local culture. Now this brings into sharp focus the point that uh, Maxim Bernier made when he was here in Mississauga a couple of weeks ago. I think it was three weeks ago. Yeah. About uh, extreme multiculturalism. Now. It's, it's-
1: Yes, it's, uh, he, I've heard him call it the cult of multiculturalism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, let me just say right here, I love multiculturalism because it has afforded my immigrant family a great life. Right. But, <laughs> and probably yours, too.
3: Yes, definitely. You know, it,
1: that, that's great. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to stress that my family came here mm-hmm. to be Canadian. Right. It, it wasn't to bring pieces of, of our, home, our original country here, or certainly not to impose that on anyone else, and, and certainly not to just just be friends or work with people in our own community. Mm-hmm. My, my mom didn't speak a word of English. She spoke other languages, of course. She's an right. educated woman, but um, she had to learn English, and then she's got many, many friends from many different places, and that's great. My dad went to American school, so he already spoke English. It wasn't a problem. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: But
1: learning English, it was understood. It never occurred to my mom not to speak English. Right. You know, and uh, I didn't even speak English, but I was a child. It was easier. Right. So uh, I think people coming to Canada must be coming to embrace what we value. And I say the collective we, which includes every religion, every every skin color, every previous nationality. Mm -hmm. Right do you or do you not embrace equality do you right. or do you not embrace a a, hard, a work ethic?
2: Mm-hmm. Are
1: you here to, to forever be on the, the public dollar? Like you see this in, in the UK where you have people, multi-generation of, of welfare mm-hmm. making children and getting more welfare. You know, welfare is good. It's a social safety net. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a, a, a career option. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's a good way of putting it.
1: Well, the, well that's just it. And I'd, I'd certainly want welfare, unemployment insurance, etc., to be there for me if I happen to fall on my face. Right. So it needs to exist. But for, for people coming from places that, that don't have such things... And, and you start offering them free stuff, honestly, it's not their fault. They'd be silly not to accept it. Right. Right? Not mm-hmm. going to say no to free stuff, and then it becomes a habit. So we have to make sure that the people that are already here are productive,
2: mm-hmm.
1: are enjoying and participating in, 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 in Canadian life. I would hate for these refugees or immigrants both to feel isolated, right. so that they're only seeking out people from their own background
2: mm-hmm.
1: and not really enjoying the, the, the wonderful things Canada has to offer. Like, you know, every kid's on a hockey team or a soccer team or taking piano lessons, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think that's that's an important part of Canadian life where it's expected that you will be literate and, and go to school. And it's the law. I like that. But, you know, some places, they don't think women need education. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's not okay. What, you know, it's, it's not okay. And I don't want to tell someone to think, but the daughter of someone like that a man mm-hmm. or woman doesn't have to be a man
2: mm-hmm. um
1: what what chance does she have to compete in the, in the canadian world right if if she's not well prepared with egalitarian values the, the values become action right if if you if you have a thought it becomes an action that's right hopefully yeah, but you're just um, a member of a book club. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we already have uh, several ethnic silos uh, in various parts of this country, and we yeah, see, I think
1: it's, it's a little more severe where where you are, and we're pretty mixed up in my writing, and, and it's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. We like it that way.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, just as we have them here in the GTA, uh, you, I also read, uh, this was a while back, but there was some report about a uh, certain part. I think it was in Richmond, B.C., where a uh, certain area, all the signs were only in uh, Chinese. And Yeah, they were uh,
1: only in Chinese, and some people were displeased about that. And I think it's, excuse me, I think there are two sides to that. I think it's a valid point where mm-hmm. here in B.C., I'm expected to... Anything official also has to be in in French
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and sometimes in native languages. Yes, and and if if you're in a, a predominantly Chinese area, and it's not only Chinese areas, any anyone could go buy land or open a store, et cetera. In Richmond, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's certainly no legislation about that. Right, um, that they should be have to do something in, in one of the official languages. Um, people who. Oppose this opposition are saying they're just all they're doing is marketing to their to their uh, their market. So mm-hmm. we would market to, to the you know we would we'd make signage that's directed to the market there. So which sounds a lot more innocuous. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I think it might contribute to isolation
0: but you know it also sometimes uh, seeps into public life for example when there exactly. was th- there was this uh, by election in which uh, jagmeet singh uh, won his uh, seat in the parliament the former liberal candidate was uh, you know found to have put out a message to the chinese communities there saying i am the only chinese candidate yeah. in this by election so it and uh, you know it will seep into public life that is my view what do you think
1: um, I think absolutely it will seep into public life. I mean, uh, politicians mm-hmm. are there to represent people, whether they do or not, as something different. oftentimes they end up representing themselves. But um, I'm not one of them, by the way. <laughs> so, no, I agree with that. And I think, I think that was a, a little bit of an egregious thing to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think uh, the PPC policy is to take race completely out of discussion. Mm-hmm. And I was saying in another... Uh, in a meeting that mm-hmm. uh, was being filmed, uh, that when I grew up here, we didn't really consider people's race or religion. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't come into play. We didn't. We it just didn't come up. Right. We were individuals, and and it was great. It was a very peaceful way to live. Right. But now everyone's so painfully aware of everyone else's race or religion. I can't say this around this person. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can't say it around that person, you probably shouldn't say it at all. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, et cetera. And, and I don't like being pushed in a position. When I look at an individual, all I see is their skin color.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, don't, I don't like that. I don't appreciate that. And I certainly don't want to be looked at at my religion because of my religion or my gender. I want mm-hmm. to be, I want to be considered for my ideas and my achievements right. my failures, whatever it is, everything that makes up me. Mm. I, do, I don't want to be just that the, the female or, or this immigrant or, or that religion. I, I find it insulting to be considered to be narrowed into to such a small category
0: mm-hmm.
1: when, when we should be judged on our merits.
0: I think we have reached a point where we have ceased to be persons and started being a particular identity. And then within that identity, there is no variation possible, which is the opposite of diversity, actually.
1: It's, yes, it's, it's a lack of diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. It's only a diversity of skin color, and, and that's all you are to other people. Mm-hmm. And all while patting themselves on the back or for not being racist. <laughs> yeah, they're they're aware of nothing but race, but they're they're saying everyone else is a racist. I think it's horrible. Yeah, you
0: know, I it's remember reverse
1: racism. There's no such thing. It yeah. is racism.
0: Yeah, I remember one uh, discussion I was in where I was asked what my view of the matter was as a South Asian.
1: As a South Asian,
0: so okay. I said I have an opinion as a Canadian.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah, and there is no such thing as the South Asian opinion because among South Asians there is difference of opinion. Is that even allowed? (laughs) 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 Well... I pride myself on saying unpopular things, but uh, (laughs)
1: let's... And and you're the one with the radio show, so (laughs) it must be a good idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, let's turn to another thorny issue, which is property prices in your neck of the woods. and uh, indeed. (laughs) And it's it's connection with uh, people who are uh, not, frankly, Canadian. They are not even uh, immigrants or any kind of Canadian. They are pure foreigners, and they are uh, buying a property, driving up prices... And therefore, yes, putting them are, out of reach they for are me.
1: People, and, and it's not the only problem. So I just want to, before I even start on this, and mm-hmm. say that we have other problems other than certain certain people, mm-hmm. um, foreign foreign entities buying property mm-hmm. and um, and parking their money. Now, it, in a very general way, I'm not a, averse to, to foreign purchases of property mm-hmm. as long as it is an investment. Mm-hmm. So. Say you're a foreigner and you want to buy a property in in Vancouver, and and the reason you're you're buying this property is so that you can rent it out. That's a true investment. It also does not deplete the inventory right. of available properties to rent or, mm-hmm. or buy. Say you bought it just just you're trying to make revenue from it. Great. Mm-hmm. So now there's one more rental property on the. On the market, and you will you will rent it at market rate. So mm-hmm. if I buy the property next door and, and you know and, and rent it out for a hundred bucks less,
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, I'm going to be the one that's getting the deal. So you're going to have right. to meet my price. The market will dictate the price. Right. So what is not happening is that a lot of the time, a lot of these people are trying to hide their money from their own governments.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: they're parking money. So right. parking is not an investment. They're just putting it somewhere for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the economic equivalent of stuffing your money under a mattress. Mm-hmm. So when the people do that,
2: mm-hmm. they're
1: parking their money. They've got a lot more money to play with than the average working Canadian for right. one, but they are depleting the available inventory. Right. And so they're, they're upping the price because they're buying and they're not putting into a rental pool. So housing um, available housing diminishes, which mm-hmm invariably hikes up the price of the other available properties. Because mm-hmm. as obviously as inventory decreases, price increases. Right. W- w- you know, assuming demand remains the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but that I- is what's going on there. Um, mm-hmm. It's not as big a percentage as is made out to be. Okay. So I think um, our big problem is mm-hmm. not just that, but our big problem is taxation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the Horgan NDP are treating us like ATMs. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not even joking. This is an exaggeration. It's horrible. the 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 increase in property taxes mm-hmm. does not take into consideration a person's income, mm-hmm. a person's equity, mm-hmm. um, meaning how much they owe and how much they own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it, it doesn't take into consideration at all. And and they have suggested that mm-hmm. if you can't afford the taxes, you can move, as if uh, you know moms and dads and are going to say, "Hey, hey, kids, pack up. We got to move. Government needs more of our money." Or old people that, that haven't worked in many years that have mm-hmm. lived in the same house for decades
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're supposed to pack up and move to pay taxes? Do we live in a fiefdom? It's, it's unbelievable. They're using this, and, and people are saying you can move. And then the other suggestion was you can borrow. I need to borrow money to pay taxes that, because my house has increased in value. So we're uh-huh. not paying our taxes, obviously, on the original value. We're also right. not paying our taxes based on income, like an income tax, which hmm. would be progressive. Mm-hmm. So uh, people are having to move. Well, I, it's, I think it's horrible. I, is your home not sacred? Mm-hmm. What is the function of government? It's to protect us from tyrannical acts. It's, it's not to, to implement them.
0: <laughs> and that sounds like a horrible thing to say. I, I assume when you are saying it that uh, Mr. Horgan did make that statement...
1: Uh, I, it was it was not him directly. It was someone someone related. I, I can't even remember who it was. It was a couple of years ago. But mm-hmm. it, the people, I went to a, a protest mm-hmm. and counter protests appeared. And good, that's fine. That that is the right of a Canadian mm-hmm. a protest and counter protest. But these people just had no sympathy for families that would have to dump their home. They they, they had no sympathy for people that. Would uh, that, that cannot afford the taxes. We could afford the house. We could afford the mortgage. Mm-hmm. That's what our planning was. It wasn't just poor planning. Mm-hmm. No, we we had planned. Everybody plans. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, only the very rich, the very, very rich, will be able to keep their house. In, in Canada, I think the top 1% is something about hundred and ninety thousand dollar income mm-hmm. so which is a hell of a nice living yeah but it's, <laughs> it's certainly not gajillionaire levels of, of money yeah that's uh, people someone earning that much money would have to sell their house to cover the taxes
2: that's so, or,
1: a... or incur debt so which means you're not leaving your children anything right you're not again you're depleting your own equity in your home mm-hmm. is which means sometimes people use that equity to borrow money to to fix the roof or to 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 fix anything or to renovate something that's, that's failing. And that means those things are not going to be an option anymore because mm-hmm. we'll have maxed our credit to pay tax. It's
0: uh, tyrannical. No, that that can, that can never be allowed to happen. This reminds no, me but of, it has
1: it has yeah. it's people's blessing. Yeah. I remember arguing with some guy at this uh this uh this protest I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. He says your house is worth three million dollars or something well I promise you I didn't pay three million dollars for it I've been living in it for a long time yeah and 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 so you want me to move and who's gonna buy the house that's right they're taxing us on money we don't have and they're they're taxing us on on past money because mm-hmm. that's your investment
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and they're taxing us on future earnings so now we have to shift our money that would have gone into RSPs or paying down debt or mortgages mm-hmm. and, to, and give it to the government? And for what? What are we getting? It's the same thing as, as going to the mall and dropping a big bundle of money and walking out empty-handed.
0: <laughs> that's, the, that's what we're doing. This reminds me of uh, Alberta NDP, uh, Ms. Notley, when she implemented a oh. carbon tax and uh, yeah. when, when people objected that this would make fuel too expensive, she suggested that they could walk. So, yeah, we could walk. This is, this is so,
1: absurd, and it, Canada is 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 almost the biggest country in the world. Yeah, and, and she wants us to walk. <laughs> so I think she should get on her, you know, bring walk me over some Alberta steaks. <laughs> Please go ahead, get going. I'm having a barbecue.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, lastly,
1: yeah, how how you know what that that makes me think of mm-hmm. Marie Antoinette saying, "Let them eat cake." Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. It's not even it's not even a matter of, of stupidity, it's just incredibly cold.
0: Right. Now lastly let's uh, talk about this uh, whole trade-off between uh, uh, you know the environmental issues on the coast of BC and the uh, pipelines from out of Alberta. Yes. What what stand does uh, People's Party take on how to resolve this? The pro
1: pipeline. And and let me clarify this. We're being accused of all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, climate change denier, which is now a religion. Mm-hmm. Um we we're not deniers. You
0: know, mm-hmm. Some people
1: are, but there are people that are all over the place. But mm-hmm. uh, we we certainly reject the hysteria. Um, and as for the pipeline, mm-hmm. um, we are for it for the simple reason that the world is mm-hmm. nowhere near an oil free economy. Mm-hmm. We we want to be there. Everyone wants to be there. Right. Uh, everyone wants to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we've got to. We can't, it's not like turning off a switch. It, we would literally turn off the switch to everyone's life. And all oil does not go to driving. It, it goes to manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera. Right. <clears throat> I think only, I, th- I want to say 40%, don't quote me on that, mm-hmm. goes to, to, to gas to fuel your car. Everything else is in manufacturing, et cetera. Right. So we're not there. Our mm-hmm. society, the whole world, we're not anywhere near an oil-free economy mm-hmm. until that time. And we should be working toward it, and a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. A lot of the scientific world is Mm -hmm. working toward green energy and alternate uh, products. But until we are at that point where we can actually replace oil, Mm -hmm. I think Canada needs to be the best at it. Right. We need to be the best at it. We need the jobs. If we're not creating surplus, financial Mm -hmm. surplus, we're Mm -hmm. not going to help anybody, including the oil-free economy sector, Mm -hmm. because we're not going to have the investment money, because we'll be poor. Right. Every good thing comes out of having surplus funds. That way we can fund charity, we can fund scientific initiatives, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. You have to have extra. Right. So people are scared for the wildlife on this on, on, on our coast, and, mm-hmm. and I agree. I've, one of my favorite things in life is to play outside. I'm an avid diver, mm-hmm. and I like to ride horses in the wilderness. That's, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. So I do care. Right. Um, and, and we remember the days of the Exxon Valdez spills. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was horrific. Yes. It was horrific. It, mm-hmm. But it, it did spur lots of regulatory changes in right. the industry. Mm-hmm. So now all boats coming across, coming around here, are double-hulled, which right. is huge in terms of preventing spills.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: uh, the estimates are that if we did build this pipeline, we would be having, we're, we're having about, we'd have about, 30, about, about one, one tanker a day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which I think is manageable, mm-hmm. I, I think, and, and to be honest, who else would you rather have in charge of this
2: mm-hmm.
1: than Canadians? We will be responsible. We will be more responsible than other players in the, in the oil world. Right. We will do it better. Right. It's because of our views on, 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 on nature and how, how much we value it, and mm-hmm. I mean, Canada's a gorgeous natural place. Right. And it's not just how it looks. We have to protect ecosystems because ultimately we're protecting ourselves. Right. And I believe that. So I, I think, I think um, the pipeline could be managed responsibly. Mm-hmm. And we've come such a long way since the, the Exxon Valdez. And there have been pipeline issues but you know, the, in the past. But I think we can really address all those
2: mm-hmm. shutoff
1: valves, et cetera, et cetera, segments, right. shutoffs and segments. Mm-hmm. There, there's no reason why we can't just... The best at it until we're at a place where we can have an oil free economy. I was looking at private companies just, just around here mm-hmm. that are, are there's, there's one um, here, Ballad Power, that's looking at alternate mm-hmm. sources of energy, and, mm-hmm. and we're looking at uh, a carbon capture company up in, in Squamish, mm-hmm. which is just on the way to Whistler Mountain.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, and I think we need to be looking at these companies. The solutions are going to come out of there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Anything else? that is going to be restricting people is, is, is I, I'm more concerned about the people in the world that are energy poor. Right. Does that make sense? I, I want to I wanna make sure they have light and, and are able to import the food they need, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I, I'm hearing, you know, let's, let's put huge tariffs on countries that don't have green policies. Well, mm-hmm. do you want all those people to starve that live there? They <laughs> need jobs. This is more let them eat cake. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think the 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 carbon carbon uh, I don't know it's a religion is going too far. They're not seeing mm-hmm. the big picture. not right. seeing starving people. They're not seeing every tree being cut down for heat. <laughs> and, and you know people are saying, well yeah, and the, and there's your your carbon scrubbers. Mm-hmm. We need the trees. Right. We need the trees and they're going to be cut down for fuel for firewood yeah that's what's going to happen
0: yeah thank you for clearing that up Sandra it's been fun having you and very um, it's been half an hour very informative (laughs) yeah Well, you and I both are professional talkers, so we don't I realize. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that about myself.
0: <laughs> well, now you've found out.
1: Well, thank you. And thank you for taking the time to, to, to hear us out and us being the PPC.
0: Well, it was important, as I said up top, that, uh, you know, it's important to get the perspective from other parts of the country because normally we are mm. talking about local issues, but there are other issues that need to be factored into our thinking as well. So thank you for providing your perspective. And thank
1: you for having me.
0: Most welcome. All right, that, have a great
1: day. You too.
0: you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That was Sandra Philippov Shipper, uh, PPC candidate uh, from Vancouver area, um, running this election and giving her insights on what is important to voters over there. I'll see you on the other side of this break. Stay tuned.